0: This is Entertaining the Light with Amanda Beck and Whitney Ann Jenkins, where we discuss and challenge the starving artist archetype. Okay, here we are—the first episode of Entertaining the Lights. Here we are. This video podcasting is a little different for me because I'm used to hiding behind the microphone and my other one, so. This is bringing up all kinds of fears and anxieties and many things that come with performing.
1: <laughs> you know, I feel, it feels like a performance, which it's not. It's an authentic conversation, but that's that's the struggle. <laughs> the imposter syndrome is there for sure. But hey, I've I watched so many interviews with Viola Davis and she talks about like imposter syndrome and feeling like she doesn't know what she's doing going to set so I'm like look if Viola Davis doesn't know what she's doing then I I don't have a chance (laughs) right right
0: exactly (laughs) so this podcast has been a long time coming Amanda and I have been talking about these subjects for over a year now every week
1: every week multiple times a week which is I'm yeah it obviously was something important if we made that commitment. <laughs> right.
0: Yeah. So we thought that this would be the best way to share things that we've learned and the topics that we keep coming back to that seems to have like a wealth of material and interest for us. And if it's interesting to us, then it must have interest to some other people out there. So,
1: yeah, absolutely. And I think just you know, you said to me before we started this, remember why we're doing this. And I think that that's just something that was and is uh, really on both of our hearts, which is, you know, bringing a conversation about mental health in the creative and entertainment industries and and not, we are coming from a psychological perspective, but I think maybe we can talk a little bit about humanistic psychology and, and how it's a bit of a different approach Right. Humanistic psychology is looking at a
0: person from a holistic viewpoint and not looking at symptoms or specific behaviors, but looking at how a person is able to live to their most fulfilling life. And I'm sure you've heard of Abraham Maslow and hierarchy of needs and that goes along with the humanistic psychology. But we're looking at taking those concepts and applying them to artists and creatives and performers specifically, uh, because there's this concept and paradigm that's a romanticizing uh, the starving artist, which I know that I've experienced in my life pursuing my paths that I have.
1: Yes, me as well. I, and I think you know, being, I think being multi-passionate and and wanting to, you know, study psychology and doing writing and studying nutrition. And I feel a little bit all over the place, but I think that I've, I've felt really wrong in that. I felt that I don't like deserve to be an artist in that way. If I'm not like, I moved to Los Angeles and I felt like, okay, but I'm, I, I obviously still don't want it bad enough because I'm not living in the cheapest place I could find and working you know, as a waitress and living with four other people. And like that, like it it was a, it, that was a real like thing for me where I'm just like, I don't feel like I, like I don't deserve this or I don't feel right about this. Like the
0: idea of having to sacrifice in order to pursue your passions or also like on the other spectrum of that, be super famous. You
1: mm-hmm. know. In order to have value around right.
0: your work. Yeah. yeah and, that, and that's something that we've been talking about a lot too is the value of artists in society in the first place. I feel like it's something that isn't really discussed very much and an artist is such an important part of storytelling and storytelling is the way that we understand humanity it's on how we interpret it's how we like make sense of being in this world in the first place
1: right and I remember reading an article about like poetry and how like there are things that you can learn through poetry about the human experience that, like science can't even can't can't describe. You know, there's I don't think it's valued. I don't think it's thought about how much. Like if you were to take away the art, you know, like what would be the point? How would we cope with the and understand being human?
0: Right. And I think there's another thing that we talked about that we leave out of the conversation a lot when it comes to psychology. and that is beauty and applying yeah. beauty. To the human experience and what that really means in fulfilling yeah. self-actualization.
1: Yep, absolutely. I I I think uh, I first I don't know where I first read that, but I know I I know that that was brought to my attention when I was reading The Soul's Code by James Hillman, and 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 he was talking about that how it's like there's such an absence of beauty in psychology, and it's like. You know, to make everything so clinical to make to make everything clinical, it's it's like you you take away the the part of what it means to be fully human. And like he he says, you know, like life, it's a quite a beautiful thing. so I, I think, you know, in terms of art, like that's we we need to to talk about artists and 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 how they're important. And also, I mean, I've heard artists, you know, say this. i've certainly I've certainly felt this way myself of like, oh, I'm not doing anything important. I'm not like a doctor or anything. And it's just an entirely different thing. We don't we don't need to compare those things, you know?
0: Yeah, and looking at uh, creativity specifically in our specialization within psychology and what we're studying and finding gaps in the research specifically related to psychology and performers in particular, because there is a lot of research about the arts, but much of it is having to do with expressive arts and how you can take an art form and use it to heal or help you get through like a certain situation or expand your mind in a different way that you hadn't thought of before but artists and performers and creatives in particular really go through very specific things in their own lives that aren't really looked into um, that are very unique to the profession and that is how I came to wanting to study psychology and the performing arts in the first place is um even when I was a kid, um I would act out like scenes in my backyard and like really dig into trying to understand the human psyche and you know the emotions and why characters reacted the way that they did and how that applied to my life and my experiences. And then I went on to performing in the community theater and amateur onto like academic acting and then um, into the professional world. And I really was able to observe like situations that I went through and think about them and how they applied to my life and everyone else's in a reflective way of this is not a thing that normal people go through and it's not really looked at.
1: Yeah, for sure. I've, I've definitely seen, uh, it's, it, it actually was, was pretty fascinating to me that like, there was such a gap in the research on like mental health on, I mean, I was, I was looking at actors specifically, but yeah, there was definitely was not that much, which is, which is, it's fascinating to me because, I mean, that's why I, I think you've told me, like, that's why you were drawn to this program is because there hasn't been, like, a fuse of, like, psychology and acting, which I remember when I, you know, was first looking at um, wanting, like, I mean, years ago when I was thinking about, like, I want to get my master's, I want to get it in psychology, but it'd be really cool if I could, you know, because I'm an actor and I want to be able to like also apply what I'm learning in psychology to acting and there just there wasn't anything being being like guided here and then realizing oh like this is where you know I confuse those things um but yeah I think I don't know it's 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 fascinating to me that there was not like acting is (laughs) the the, you're being a human so it's like that's (laughs) that's your thing is you're 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 embodying a human experience and then there's not research about what that does to you as a human, as an actor? like
0: Yeah, so one of the last plays that I did, I had an experience where the character that I was playing tries to commit suicide. Yeah. And I found myself after rehearsal one night going back to my dark house. It was empty. I was all alone and sitting on my stairs and just being in a really, really dark place and kind of like being frightened by that, not knowing what to do so I had to call the producer of that show and she talked me down thankfully but it was in that moment that I was like there's a real need for exploration of these things and I need to explore that and I need to be the one to learn more about myself and these situations so that I can help other people
1: yeah last semester I think you know when we were studying ethics that really is when it crossed my mind it, it was very powerful that i think just i mean even even acting teachers right like they there's no anybody can kind of become an acting teacher without having to have any sort of credentials which is which it's it's fascinating because and and it needs attention i think because it, in acting a lot of times we're using very very deep personal you know painful things or we're asked to go to very dark places and again i've seen this work and i've experienced it to be cathartic but that's not always the case
0: right uh, yeah there's there's a a very deep sense of vulnerability when you really get into it that if it brings up a trauma that you've experienced it yeah. can be very challenging to overcome especially if the person who is holding that space isn't trained into how to handle or deal with the trauma that arises.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And it's something that I've, I've thought a lot about as far as like, we're taught a lot about how to get into character, but we're not taught so much about how to get out of it and how to separate from it.
0: Absolutely. In all of my years of like my acting experiences and performing, I was never, ever taught how to separate those two things. And it can be quite confusing (laughs) and get a little muddled sometimes, especially uh, when we talk about showmances. And I would love to get into probably have a whole episode about that topic in itself, um, because I think it's a very common experience that actors and performers, even musicians and uh, dancers and people in the circus, everybody experiences um, that I think is really like something that is not taken seriously because it's usually something that people make light of whenever they're talking about it but there's a real uh need for discussion because it does lead to really real consequences
1: yeah absolutely so I think I think we will definitely be talking a lot about boundaries and yeah there's there's and I and I think too like when we get into when we have gotten into talking about boundaries like I've seen this you know permeate my whole life and it's not just about I mean I mean there's so many different you know senses of that word as far as you know boundaries within other people you know cast and and crew and boundaries within how do I separate myself from the character and and then how do I keep myself healthy within this you know industry yeah yeah and and there I feel like there
0: are things that are being implemented into the arts as far as like helping people when they're on set, such as like intimacy directors and coordinators now being introduced. However, okay. I think the real question is how do we as individuals create that feeling of safety within ourselves? Because there's so many variable elements within the industry that things are ever changing and to fully put that onto someone else to be able to hold the safe space is probably not of the best interest.
1: Right, because you want to be able to take it, we want to be able to take it with us, you know, wherever we go. I think it's kind of like how I've, I've had some really incredible, you know, acting teachers and you know i've sat there with them and i'm i'm like just taken to whatever place i need to be taken for the character and then i would really struggle to like do that you know when i wasn't sitting there with them so i think in a similar way it's kind of like you know that needs to be a part of the the training is like how do we you know cuz i i just i know that that's been you know a an obstacle for me as far as even putting myself in positions for opportunities because i have you know, such a, you know, a a, a fear and not, not feeling safe, you know, within what, what, what even knowing what even the boundaries are. Um, right. And there's not really
0: much taught about that in my experience anyway, even like in a, like in conservatory ac- academic kind of environment, because like the industry is so tough that, they have to break you down to build you up so that you'll be able to survive rather than giving you tools, uh, to help you be the most fulfilled person, not just artist in your life.
1: Yeah. And actually, I'm glad you brought that up because it, it made me really think that, you know, it's very, it's very like paradoxical and like counterintuitive because I think, I think as an artist, yeah, this is, this is something it's, it's really just hitting me now, but, but as an as an artist you know we're taught to be soft and vulnerable and authentic and like that's that's the the you know that's what being an artist is all about but then when you talk to anybody about the business side of it which I've had such a, like I've I've dedicated a lot of time in studying my craft but but the business side of it feels very very difficult for me and inauthentic and because they, I I wrote down thick skin, because that's what like, I keep hearing is, you know, you got to have a thick skin in this business, and you just keep getting rejected. And it's like, is there not a better way to approach all of that? So we're not like, super vulnerable and exposed in our work, and then completely shut off, you know, in the, I don't know, it just doesn't sit right with me.
0: Yeah. And so one might ask, like, well, if it's that difficult, if it's giving you so many problems or uh, causing that much grief in your life, like, why would you pursue that anyway? And (laughs) I think that uh, humanistic psychology really, like, introduces some concepts that allow an understanding of why someone would pursue something even though it's difficult. And so there's a word called the diamond. And it's from Greek literature, and it refers to this inner urging within yourself that drives you forward um, to living out your character and your destiny in your life. And Carl Jung also used this word as a synonym for a part of the unconscious, a concern with life purpose, and he thought that it spoke through intuition and dreams, and uh, Rallo May also likens it to the urgings of one's inner nature, akin to an aspect of a life force. And he said, the daimonic is the urge in every being to affirm itself, assert itself, perpetuate and increase itself. And the reverse side of the same affirmation is what empowers our creativity. And depending on the way an individual related to the power of the daimonic, he postulated that it could be a force that propels one to the fulfillment of his or her potential or driving them in excess toward their ruin. And I think that concept is really fascinating.
1: Yeah. So that's, I think that that's what, you know, attracted me to to studying humanistic psychology um, in the first place was that like the, the calling, the inner, this diamond that I didn't have a, a word for before. Right. Uh, because I've I've had I've just dealt with so much anxiety in my life and you know it was it was starting to really become a limitation you know for me and I and it wasn't until you know I started being like you know this there's got to be a different meaning for this there's got to be like I didn't I didn't I didn't come here to be like oh you have anxiety so you know you can't you're gonna have to like you're just going to have to deal with that. And it's like, no, like it's for a purpose. It's, it's, I knew that it was, I, I just had to start looking at it differently and being like, maybe, maybe I'm not having all this anxiety, you know, because it's meant to, to destroy me and I have to overcome it. And I have to fix it. Maybe it's there for a reason. It's telling me that there's something that needs to change in my life. Um, and so that's, that's what I looked into to studying was the relationship between i didn't have words for it before but you know now i describe it as the relationship between creativity and anxiety mm-hmm. and i've been looking at that as well like i really see it you know for artists if we can we can look at it this way is that creativity and anxiety are two um they're two sides of the same spectrum and so it's not so much as the whole the whole pain for fuel thing um I think this is a a whole different paradigm. It's it's more of, you know, if if something is in our being is repressed, that's what's causing anxiety, panic, depression, and the like, right? Definitely.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And if you have this diamond inside of you, this spark that is, is a driving force, and then you're required to participate in a society and try to rearrange yourself and your authenticity to try to fit in within the structures that are built for you, uh, rather than being able to like freely express yourself, then that is when a lot of these things uh, arise as far as depression or anxiety. And I have experience some similar to that, too, is I was trying to I was working a full time job and I was performing full time and I was like trying to like sort of straddle these both of these worlds. And I ended up like going into the hospital for a week and they couldn't figure out what was wrong with me. And what I realized is I was not living to my true purpose. I was trying to fit within the constraints that society had like set up for me and I wasn't living authentically.
1: Yeah, and that's something I would be really curious to to know from other people as well about, you know, working any type of, I suppose, non, you know, creative job, because I, I really had a lot of shame in that for a long time thinking, oh, I just I can't, I can't hold a job and not not and more in the way of that I would end up you know, leaving the job because I'm just like, I can't, I couldn't handle it. Like I would have so much anxiety. And now I believe, you know, like, like what you said, like, I I think it's, it's something within us. It's this diamond being like, no, that's not, that's not you. There's a better way. Yeah. And also um, Rollo May has a quote
0: and I would like to share it because I think he says it way more than I can paraphrase it. So (laughs) it says, whereas moral courage is the writings of wrongs, creative courage, in contrast, is the discovering of new forms, new symbols, new patterns on which a new society can be built. And the moral courage and the right and wrong is so dualistic and such a statement about what we are experiencing in the society as we speak, and it's not really helping us in any way to propel forward or come up with solutions to our problems. So it's so important for creatives and performing artists and any kind of artists, even if you're creative in your everyday life, um, to be able to fully express that without having to constrain it and repress it, because it's it's imperative to our society moving forward and being innovative
1: right right yeah i think i think he also says something about that creativity or creating is like the necessary like sequel to being which is really it's like something i just have to like sit with are you really living if you're not creating and that doesn't mean um, that doesn't even mean you have to have a creative career, but it does mean you have to have creative control over your life
0: or a creative intention or just an awareness of that every moment of your life you're actively creating something,
1: yeah, and creating from your authentic self. And I think that's that's something that I am really excited to talk more as we get more into these episodes as well is just the idea and the role of an artist because, you know, the whole idea is that. You know, as an artist, you're you're meant to be forging your own path, but that goes against our, how we're wired. We're wired to know what's the next step. That's how our, our body knows that we're safe. So an artist is going against all of those things, which again, brings me right back to this gap in the research on the mental health and physical health um, of someone that's consistently required to do that in their work. Yeah,
0: over and over again, and the idea of safety in itself and what that really means and how we can feel safe in order to be able to, you know, be as creative as possible in fulfilling our potential.
1: Yeah, yes, exactly. And then that's, I love that you said that too, because kind of typically tell people I'm like, I don't really feel like I belong in any one place um you know in the corporate or academic world there's kind of this thing that I've at least I've personally felt um about you know that the art it's just not quite taken it's like it's a hobby or you need a backup plan or a real job kind of thing like it's that's only like happens to like the lucky few you know and like good luck um (laughs) really difficult um but then it's really interesting because then coming here I'm like oh like I'm kind of feeling the same way in a different way about in the artist community where i'm like i don't feel like i'm taken seriously as an artist if i tell people i'm like in you know studying something else or have a different you know job um and so i you know i've never viewed that you know as a backup plan though and i and now i have after talking a lot with you you know i've 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 really come to this whole idea that that, that that's a boundary in and of itself um that i'm it's not some it's not a backup plan. It's that I'm creating this container for my life in which I can flow freely and I can be my most authentic and creative self.
0: Yeah, you're giving yourself other options uh, to be able to fulfill all of your desires rather than feeling that you need to sacrifice any part of yourself in order to fit within what has been built for you already.
1: Right. Absolutely. And that's, I mean, again, that just takes us back to the whole idea that humanistic psychology was founded upon, which is being fully human. And I've just never, I've always had a hard time describing myself because I feel like we, especially, you know, in Western culture, you know, really identify off of, you know, what do we do for a living? And that's, I mean, as an artist, how do you even answer? I don't, I mean, like my soul my my career and my job and my soul is an artist but does that mean i'm only an artist of of value if i'm making money off of it well
0: also there's like a survey and like the gallup poll and it 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 polls like who what is the percentage of people who are satisfied in the workplace and it's mm-hmm. only 33% of people who are satisfied in the workplace And so when you take that number and you apply it to what we're talking about, that's kind of sad if people are saying that the career is like the first thing that they're going after and it's not fulfilling them in any way.
1: Yeah, and I think like I've always thought about too, like work, it's like it takes up so much of your life. Like I can't just have a job. I I need to be doing the work here that I came here to do That. I'm passionate about that fills, you know, my heart's desires that I can be of best service to the world and to myself, you know, like it takes, I mean, just think of a nine to five job. I mean, you're, you're, you're there, you know, at least 40 hours of the week, you need to be enjoying what you're doing. Like,
0: (laughs) yeah. And there's not anything wrong with people who might enjoy a structure and lifestyle like that either just as there's nothing wrong with artists who choose to pursue the path of like you know auditioning for commercials and you know projects that are funded by big corporations there's nothing wrong with that
1: right.
0: it's just right. if it's authentic to yourself
1: exactly yeah it's exactly and I mean some people really enjoy doing those things just like I think that people don't understand, you know, us like going to school and that sounds like terrible to them because they're not they don't want to be in school and like I get that and you don't know no but but that for us is authentic like there is there's is a part of us that's unfulfilled unless we are learning in that that environment too. So yeah.
0: with also the understanding of yes like we can learn on our own and perhaps school isn't the most necessary thing that we need in order to like fulfill our next steps but embracing the potential uh good that could come out of attending these things
1: yeah and it's just it's it's we have to get into that mindset i think too of especially as artists like if it makes us happy like it doesn't have to make sense to other people like you just have to follow and it's not going to make logical it's not gonna make logical sense like it's it's really not
0: yeah especially also when you add in like social media and like having to show up in a certain way in order to feel like you're seen and trying to be authentic at the same time. Uh, There's so many things that I'm really excited to dig in deeper with and explore um, and bring on guests and other artists who go through these challenges within mental health and also like other psychologists who are studying similar things to us. Um, I'm really excited to like dive in and, and talk about these things on a much deeper level.
1: I am too. I'm so excited. Let's do it. No <laughs> <laughs> time. Well, I think we've, I always think that we've talked for less time than we have. <laughs> hopefully we've given a really uh, solid overview of, you know, why we're here and what we want to talk about and um, what you can look forward to. Right. So thank you so much for tuning in. And until next time.
0: Until next time.